Aging Matters is sponsored in part by the Aging Life Care Association, an organization of aging life care professionals. Aging life care professionals offer guidance, advocacy, and support for older adults and their families in order to maximize quality of life. An aging life care professional can be there for your loved one when you can't be. More information about the Aging Life Care Association is available at www.midatlanticalca.org. Good afternoon and welcome to Aging Matters on Arlington Independent Media's community radio station, WERALP Arlington, 96.7 FM. I'm Cheryl Beversdorf, your host. As older adults age, their preference is to age in place and remain in their homes as long as possible. While the concept seems ideal in theory, in practice it may be more difficult. Ongoing home maintenance and upkeep may be needed And over time, wellness and safety hazards may require repairs and design updates. My guest today is Patty Klein, Executive Director of Rebuilding Together, Arlington, Fairfax, and Falls Church. She's going to talk about how home repairs, modifications, and upgrades can improve older adults' health and safety at home. She'll also explain how Rebuilding Together, her organization, improves the homes and lives of low-income homeowners, and helps older adults age in place. So welcome, Patty, and thank you for joining me today. Oh, thank you, Cheryl. It's so nice to be here. Okay. Well, before we talk about rebuilding together, I kind of like to set the stage, Patty. And because you see this all the time, explain to us why it's it's really important the importance of health and safety for older adults in their homes what do you what can you tell us about that sure so you pointed out one thing right off the bat so research has found that most older adults want to live in their homes and their communities as long as possible and research also shows that most older adults spend about 90% of their time indoors with about two-thirds of that time being spent at home. So at the same time, science also makes it clear that our homes are directly, directly impact our health and our safety and could put us at risk of falls, particularly as we get older, fires, moisture, mold, asthma, allergies, and toxics, toxic exposures like carbon monoxide. So what we wanna make sure is that our homes protect us and they don't pose a threat to our safety and health. But the good news is there are many simple solutions to addressing these issues. Okay, so let's start out with home repairs. As I said in my intro, we're going to be talking about repairs and modifications and upgrades, but let's start with home repairs. What are the typical kinds of home repairs that you see that are usually needed in the homes of older adults? Well, I would say uh, one thing would be like replacing defective gutters and downspouts. Uh, We live, a lot of us live in older homes, and what happens is that they may not be working properly, and they're allowing water to flow back into the home. 
uh, which can cause foundation and structural issues, uh, mold in the home. We always say water is like the root of many evils and many health risks. Um, another thing we see is we need to replace or repair clogged closed dryer vents, making sure that they are working properly. They're vented properly outside and cleaned out on a regular basis. Um, they are a leading cause of fire hazard and really contribute to a lot of moisture problems. Um, other things are replacing filthy old carpeting that uh, with durable flooring. So if you think about carpeting um, that's worn and really nasty, it's got, it collects mold, dust mites, pests, allergens, and can be really an asthma trigger. Other things that we see in a lot of homes are um, that there's uh, gaps and cracks and holes. And what happens is they give pests access into your home and allow air to leak out, resulting in a lot of wasted energy. All right. So that gives us an overview of home repairs. And and what about home modifications? What are those and, and why are those important? Why would older adults need them? So home modifications are changes made to the home environment to accommodate your changing needs as you're aging or if you have a disability, allowing you to be more independent and safer in your home and to reduce any risk of injury to yourself or a caregiver. And keep in mind, as we get older, falls increase. Give us some examples of, of home modifications. What, what might you be asked to do insofar as a home modification? And, and then what would be that process? Uh, how do you make that determination of where that home modification whatever it is. That's why we want to get some examples here. And um, do you inspect the home or how does that work in terms of, of, of determining what an older adult needs? Sure. So um, there are also, um, I want to point out, there is a variety of reasons people need home modifications, such as if you have a mobility issue, right? Um, you have more difficulty walking. Um, you notice that you shuffle when you walk and you need assistance with a cane or a walker or a wheelchair. People have balance issues. They're not steady on their feet anymore. Um, maybe your strength's not what it used to be um, or your vision has changed. Um, so examples to kind of accommodate those issues can range from really simple modifications, such as improving lighting throughout your house. Uh, if you have uh, visual problems with depth perception or being, um, it's harder for you to see in dim light, um, to um, adding handrails to both sides of the staircase. So if you have um, mobility issues or if you have balance issues, that's really great because it allows you to hold on with whatever side you're strongest with going upstairs and downstairs equally. Installing grab bars near the toilet in the shower or bathtub. Um, and then there are also larger, more complex modifications such as installing a wheelchair ramps 
or a no-step entry to assist people who are using a wheelchair, a walker, or a cane, or possibly even widening a doorway into a bathroom or a bedroom to accommodate a walker or a wheelchair. So you asked about the process of how you do this. And I want to say you hit, you hit it right. It's a process. It's not a one-time assessment. So as we change, we need to continually assess how we're interacting in our home environment. And so there are several options for determining what modifications are needed. So in many cases, it's really helpful to work with an occupational therapist who understands how we interact in our home. So the occupational therapist can conduct a home assessment, evaluate a person's ability to carry out daily activities or a task, identify hazards, and make recommendations. But for those of us who don't consult with an occupational therapist, there are a lot of great checklists out there for you or your caregiver to reference. So people could go on to like Google elder care locator, and there's a lot of different checklists on there on the site. So they may ask you on the checklist, can that person get in and out of their house easily and safely? Um, and I also want to point out that AARP has something called the Home Fit Guide, and it shows a variety of modifications that you could make. And I was curious if these home modifications that we're going to be talking about a little bit later in connection with the organization, does, does Medicare pay for any of these kinds of activities or other kind of insurance? So Medicare's basic coverage doesn't pay for home modifications. Medicare will pay, will cover medically necessary durable medical equipment like a cane or a walker. But I believe that Medicare Advantage plan can cover home modifications, but you really need to check with your provider because they all differ. Okay. And I also wanted to understand because we talked about upgrades. And explain to us what's the difference between home modifications and home upgrades. Are they the same? Or if different, then what are some examples of home upgrades that maybe you didn't mention before? We need to kind of understand these terms. Oh, sure. Um, So home modifications um, basically are adapting the home environment to our changing needs to make our daily living activities easier, to prevent falls, to make the home more accessible. Um, I look at home upgrades, which are making changes and repairs to our homes to protect the integrity of our home, to make updates that can either be aesthetically pleasing or necessary if things are breaking and no longer functioning effectively or efficiently efficiently, and to keep the home well-maintained to protect it and to protect you. So I would say like a home upgrade may be replacing like a leaky faucet. Just happened to me this week. So we had a exterior spigot that was leaking, right? That could cause a lot of problems in our home. The water can come back. Uh, the pipe can explode. So the plumber came fixed the spigot, 
But while he was doing that, he noticed that our main shutoff valve wasn't working. So that's an upgrade. He's going to come back. We're going to replace that um, to prevent future problems. I would say another upgrade could be replacing your hot water heater um, for one that is more efficient. Um, another thing is possibly replacing old filthy carpeting with durable floors. Um, old dirty carpeting can reduce um, or causes asthma triggers. So those are some upgrades you might want to think about. One type of activity that I sometimes hear about is changing the handles on uh, closet doors or on doors of rooms because it's easier to hold uh, those handles rather than, say, a knob. Is that also, and, and to help people who have older, you know, older hands, is that also an example of an upgrade? Would you call that? No, I would call that a home modification. Okay. Because you're modifying your homes because you have arthritis, possibly, and you're putting in that lever handle so it's easier for you to interact within your home. So that, to me, is a home modification. If you're putting in a, a, a new front door handle and lock because it broke, that's an upgrade. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. And I was also wondering about like in kitchens where the cupboards could be very high. Uh, is there some way so that people don't fall, that there's something that can be done to make the kitchen cupboards more accessible? I don't know, again, if that's a modification or a, a, an upgrade. So I would say that's a modification because, again, you're adapting your environment to meet your new needs. So there could be a variety of things. Um, one, what you could do is lower your cabinets, have them lowered so that you have better access to them or use a device such as a, um, I can't even think what they're called, but one of those grabbers to be able to get things. The other thing that you could do that's pretty easy is to put more things at a lower level, at a level where you could reach them. I would say an upgrade in your kitchen would be to replace your cabinets because they're older, um, because they're worn, because the doors don't open as easily. To me, that's an upgrade versus a modification. Okay, and that's very helpful. The one thing I also was wondering is if some of these modifications or upgrades occur, might that also affect the value of, of a home? Say if an older adult is no longer uh, able to stay in their home, and we don't want that to happen. That's why we have you here to talk about aging in place. But I'm wondering if our listeners might think, well, gee, if we make these changes, does that impact say, the value of the, of the home or discourage maybe certain buyers because it, it's viewed as, say, a house that in which an older adult lived in before. Have, have you had that experience very much, Patty? You know, I, I would say it's how you do it um, also, right? So there's a lot of stylish things out there that you can put in your home to make it modified to your abilities. Grab bars these days can look really good. 
Um, they have very stylish ones. They have ones that actually um, can be a towel rack and a grab bar. They could be a toilet paper holder and a grab bar. Um, so I would say, you know, if you have the funds to invest in something a little aesthetically pleasing that looks nicer, I would do that. I don't think it devalues your house. I think that our population is getting older and more and more people want these things in their homes. Um, I think something like widening a doorway, everybody wants wider doorways. I would think that would um, increase the value of your home um, because I don't know about you, but I live in an older home and I have the smallest little doorways in in you know, in my bathroom, in my bedroom and stuff like that. And uh, it just looks nicer and it's better to have wider doorways. I think it just depends what you're doing. I think if you're doing an upgrade to improve your HVAC system or your hot water heater, um, that impacts your health and safety in the home. Um, but it also improves the value of your home. And then you can age in place a lot longer, correct? Absolutely. Okay. Well, I'd like to turn now to your organization because I'm sure our listeners are eager to hear how you, your organization, helps to make all of these things happen. But give us, again, a little bit of an intro about Rebuilding Together. What is it? What is the organization? What is the mission and, and vision? And... Because I, when I introduced you, I, I mentioned that you were the executive director of the Arlington Fairfax Falls Church affiliate. Give us kind of a view of the national organization and then bring it down to your affiliate. Okay. So we're one of 120 grassroots nonprofit organizations in the Rebuilding Together affiliate network. And as you said, our affiliate works in Arlington, Fairfax, and Falls Church. Our national office, based out of D.C., kind of works with all the affiliates to provide um, guidance and training and helps us with policies, make sure that our nonprofits are uh, good nonprofits, that we're following best practices. Um, so that's what they do. Um, and all of our mission is repairing homes, revitalizing communities, and rebuilding lives. So if you come down at the local level, um, our focus is really about making homes safe and healthy and helping seniors safely age in place. And we do that in our affiliate uh, by making home repairs and modifications at no charge for low-income homeowners and we do that by mobilizing volunteers and contractors. We also make repairs and help other nonprofits. Uh, we work on their group homes and their food pantries, other things like that. Um, so it, it's, it's a great partnership. And so uh, there are other affiliates around the metro area. There's one in Alexandria in DC, one in Montgomery County, another one in Loudoun County. Each one of us um, has the same mission, but we kind of accomplish that or fulfill that mission a little differently. 
And I would say if somebody is in listening to this broadcast and they're interested in uh, finding another affiliate or learning more about rebuilding together across a nation and what we do as an affiliate network, they can go to the website at rebuildingtogether.org and find all that information out. So what do they usually do? Just enter their zip code or their geographical area, or how would that happen? Oh, okay. So if you go to rebuildingtogether.org, there's a button that says find an affiliate. And so what you can do is just scroll down by state. That's probably the best way to do it. If you enter in your zip code, it's going to give you anything within 200 miles of you, and that's way too broad. So I would just scroll down to Virginia or Maryland and look at the different affiliates that are there and just click on to the name, and then it will take you, it will give you information to get you to their website. And the other area you mentioned, low income families. So so rebuilding together serves more than just older adults. It's it's low income families as well. They don't have to necessarily be an older adult. Yeah, there's no age restriction on okay. who we help. Um, so we help low income homeowners, um, but we give priority and um, there's an emphasis on helping older adults, persons with disabilities and families with children. Um, and if you think about it, particularly in this area, if you own your home and you're low income, that probably means that you've had to own your home for a long time. Um, and so a lot, most of the people we serve are older adults, but we also will serve um, anybody that owns their home if they're qualified and, and we're able to provide the services that are needed. Okay. So that's, that's a good segue. So first of all, how do they qualify for assistance? And then I'm also interested in knowing, and I'm sure our listeners are, is how does your affiliate, we'll focus more on your affiliate right now, how would, how would your affiliate learn who needs services? So what, what's the process for qualifying? And then how would Rebuilding Together AFF, we'll just shorten it, learn about who needs the service? Okay. Um, so in order to qualify, uh, people need to get an application and complete it, return it to us. They have to live and own the home to be repaired. So whoever owns a home has to apply. A family member can help them apply, but um, they're the main applicant. Um, people have to show us or document what their gross household income is. And I'm trying to find this right now. Here it is. So for, and they, the government agencies or governmental um, counties set the limits on what the income guidelines are. So for somebody in Fairfax County, for one person in the household, the income cannot exceed um, just above 57000 where if you lived in Arlington County, it goes as high as 77000 for one person in the household. And that income level goes up between five dollars to $8,000 for each additional person in the household. So then we have to make sure the person owns the home. So we look at county websites to verify that they do. 
Um, and then they send in the application to us and then we verify the information. So how we find out about people is through a variety of sources. So uh, social workers, caseworkers at Fairfax and Arlington counties and other nonprofits recommend people, refer clients to us, healthcare providers, occupational therapists, physical therapists, um, rehab centers let us know about people, or they refer their clients to us. And oftentimes, people who are interested in our services um, or a family member may find out about us on a website, like a county website or uh, something called 211 Virginia. Uh, they may read about us in the newspaper, in a uh, senior newspaper or the regular newspaper, or they may hear about us on a radio show like Aging Matters. So um, there's just a variety of ways that people hear about us. Okay, and, and we're going to take a short break here, but I wanted to ask you a quick question. Is that application form that, you, that folks have to fill out, is that on your website? It is on our website, and our website is rebuildingtogether-aff dot org. They could go there, download it, fill it out, or people can call us at 703-528-1999 and ask for an application. And if anybody is interested and has difficulty completing the application, we are happy to help them out with that, either by doing it over the phone. And then once we go visit with them, getting the documentation, or we'll come to their home and help them fill it out. Wow. That's really good information. So what we're going to, I've got a few more questions about the, the uh, application and, and approval process, but we've got to take a short break here right now. We're listening to Patty Klein, Executive Director of Rebuilding Together in Arlington, Fairfax, and Falls Church. And you're listening to WERA LP Arlington, 96.7 FM. We'll be right back. Aging Matters is brought to you in part by Kathy Corridan, Senior Real Estate Specialist. Kathy is a realtor with KW Metro Center in Alexandria and works with seniors in Alexandria, Arlington, and D.C. to make selling their home and moving less stressful and more successful. More information is available at 703-971-7237 or ccatkw at gmail.com. Welcome back. We're talking with Patty Klein, who's the Executive Director of Rebuilding Together in Arlington, Fairfax, and Falls Church. And before the break, we were getting into the application process. And I want to get into the services that Rebuilding Together provides, but I just wanted to make sure that our listeners understood a little bit more about the application process. You told folks where to get the application process and your and this sort of thing. But What's the time between requesting the services and receiving them? Is there a waiting list or could people get it done right away? Help us on that one first, Patty. Okay. So in large part, the way that we're able to do this work at no cost for the applicant is that the majority of the work is done by mobilizing community members to volunteer their time and talents. 
So we match the homes um, and what their repair needs are with a team with the right set of skills. So some of our homes may be larger, require a larger team of 25 plus people to tackle a variety of repairs. So it's going to take longer to identify and match the home with the correct team. Plus, many of the larger teams that we work with work in April through our signature event called National Rebuilding Day. And we also have smaller projects, particularly those that address aging in place, that we could respond quicker. So we're able to pull together a group of four to five individual skilled volunteers who work for about a half a day. Um, so we're able to respond, again, quicker to that. I want to say that we don't do emergencies. We, are, we don't have contractors waiting for people's calls. Um, unfortunately, we're not able to help everybody who applies, but we do assist about 100 households every year. And for those households that we can't help, sometimes we could recommend um, them to other services. So like there is a service through a group called CHP, it's another nonprofit, and they, they do weatherization program for all of Virginia. Um, so again, there's not a clear defined timeline on when we help. It really has to do with how we put this puzzle together. Um, so I wish I had a clear answer, but I, I don't. Well, I think that's, that's helpful. And is it more likely that there are certain services that you're going to provide more to help people age in place as opposed to something that's a little bit more uh, complex and, uh, you know, it's going to take a longer time to not only accomplish, but even get the right people there to do. Uh, kind of on average, what are the kinds of services most often that your organization provides? Sure. So um, we have, um, I would put them into two pots, really. Um, we have the larger groups that we talk about that are able to do a a broad array of services or repairs. So with those larger teams, um, they can work on yard work and clean up and painting, and then maybe expand it to handyman type of repairs, grab bars, home mods, just depends on the team. So a lot of that work is done at the end of April through National Rebuilding Day. And then some of our larger teams that can do a great variety of things, and boy, it's amazing what they could do in a day. You get 25 people out there, it's amazing. Um, but some of those groups work throughout the year. So those are harder for us to match up because you need such a great variety of things. On the other hand, we have our uh, pool of individual skilled volunteers and semi-skilled people. And most of them work through a program called Rebuilding Together Express. So um, a few years ago, we recognized a gap in our services. You know, we had all these big teams out there doing stuff. Well, 
we weren't really addressing smaller needs. So what we did is we designed, pilot tested, refined, and finally launched Rebuilding Together Expressed. And it was really developed to help seniors age in place. So we put together small teams of four to five um, skilled volunteers. They're led by a team leader. We have about seven of them who are qualified and trained um, volunteers that we absolutely trust beyond belief. And they complete half-day projects throughout the year to deliver a set of repairs. So we have 36 set repairs that we're looking at. And it can be anything from Home modifications like the grab bars, the double railings, comfort height toilets, to doing those uh, dryer duct venting properly, to putting house numbers on your um, the outside of your house so that uh, people can see them clearly, to making sure you have safe egress ingress into your home, um, and also smoke and. Uh, CO detectors, um, we do. So we know that these 36 repairs, if we handpick through them and figure out what fits you best, it's going to take us a half a day and we can respond a lot quicker. So once we've um, got your application, we've gone out to your home, we've figured out what it takes. So that takes some time right there. Then we're able to respond a lot quicker to those people. So once we get to that place where we've gone out to your home to see what you need, maybe it might take a month or two to do that, where the other ones can take longer. Again, we're not a contracting firm that has people sitting and waiting for people. We have a process to go through. As I'm listening to you, I'm also wondering, uh, this might, it really sounds like you have to put together quite a, a cadre of individuals to perform all these various uh, tasks that people may need. Do, do you find that people, and we're going to talk more a little bit about volunteers, but do the people who have these uh, that that perform the work that's required, do they already have the appropriate skills that are needed for the, all of these tasks, or do you have to train them, or how, how do they acquire them so they're ready to go to work on the on you know whatever they are needed to do? Ah, uh, our volunteers are amazing. So. Um, Many of our volunteers, particularly the individual ones um, and particularly the team leader uh, for the individual teams through our Rebuilding Together Express are retirees themselves. So they're kind of like my dad was, right? My dad was the guy in the neighborhood that just knew how to do everything by through work, through working on his own home. He wasn't trained to do these things, but he learned how to do these. Um, so with a lot of the people, um, we know that they have just acquired these skill sets over the years. We also um, match people up that are new people, kind of novice with more experienced people. So um, I have one of our volunteers, this is great. Um, she came to us, didn't, you know, she had some skill sets, but she kept working with our trained volunteers, learned how to put in grab bars. And I swear she gets giddy every time she does it because it's such a great skill set. 
Um, over the years, we've had um, hands-on training for a lot of people that they come to that. They learn how to do a lot of these things. And then for our groups of volunteers, we identify team leaders with them that are skilled. Um, we train them how to do project management. Um, we don't necessarily train them on every bit of things, but we make sure that the people that are doing the work have the skill sets. So you're not going to put me who doesn't have any skill sets on a ramp. You might put me on there to go and fetch the wood and maybe screw in some uh, nails or uh, screws into the ramp with a really good surrounded by a lot of people with um, those skill sets. Um, but we make sure that there is a right match between the two. And then once this project is done, or even when it's in process, do you have uh, a supervisor that kind of makes sure that everything is done right? I mean, I'm, I'm wondering, I did, and, and maybe this is a good segue into my question about Rebuilding Together's 25 Health and Safety Priorities. I, <laughs> I was wondering what that is and if that is applicable to making sure that if you're going to do a job for your customer or that person, that it's done right and it's done well and it, it you know, ensures that it, everything is the way it should be. So help us on that. Sure. So the 25 priorities, let me start there, are really, um, they were developed between Rebuilding Together and its affiliates. And we worked with the National Center for Healthy Housing to develop a consistent way to track and report the results of our projects. So it's not necessarily something that says this is how you do it, but what those 25 priorities are let me give you some examples. Does the home have safe egress and ingress into the home? Is the roof watertight? Um, are there modifications in the bathroom that are needed? Um, are there tripping hazards in the homes? Um, is the interior temperature okay? So we have these 25 priorities and we look at them when we go into a home and we look at pass or fail. Um, if I need a grab bar in my home and I don't have one, then I failed. And But then we go in afterwards and we install that grab bar. So it's kind of a way for us to report to ourselves what we have done either on that home or in an aggregate way. And so we look at the before and after results of those. And so, for instance, on the first 218 projects we did for Rebuilding Together Express, um, we looked at grab bars, right? 60, only 67% of the people had a grab bar in their home. After we were done, 95% of the people had a grab bar in their home. Um, dryer duct vents, are they vented out right? 31% of the people, only 31% had proper venting of their dryer duct vents. By the end of everything we did, 90% of those did. So it's those 25 priorities are kind of like a way for us to look at how we've improved the housing. So 
we'll get back to your other question. And that was, how do we know that we're doing things right? Correct? Okay. So what we do is we have with every team, there is a team leader or house captain. For the groups, we call them house captains. And those are people that are skilled in this area. Team leaders are as well. So we create a, um, a plan. Um, you know, we've done an assessment on the home and we say that here's 10 things that need to be done. And they're going to look at those 10 things and figure out what they can do. And we have 360 repair specs that give you the best way to do things if they have questions about it. Uh, they tell you the right materials to use, the right methods to use. Um, we also, they consult with us. Um, we provide technical assistance to them. Um, if they need help in identifying the process to do something, we have very skilled volunteers that can either coach them through or actually go out and help them do it. Um, and so that house captain or that team leader, they're not going to be working that day. What they're going to do is to make sure that everything is orchestrated correctly. They're gonna make sure that the grab bar is secure. They're gonna walk through the house at the end of the day and they're gonna check things. They're gonna go to that grab bar and make sure it's placed right. And they're doing that throughout the day. They're going to make sure it's, it's secure. They're gonna make sure that if the water was shut off, the water's turned back on. And if they re somebody replaced the toilet, that it flushes right and it's functioning correctly. So that house captain or that team leader really is looking at all the repairs that were done to make sure that they were done appropriately. And if there was something that ultimately happens that uh, went wrong or went awry maybe a couple days later, does someone from your organization then come back to make it right? Absolutely. So if there is a problem, we want to hear about it. Look, uh, we don't charge for what we do. There's no cost for what we do. That doesn't mean that it doesn't have to function because it better. And so we want to hear from the people that we assist. So if, um, if the toilet doesn't flush properly, give us a call we're going to figure out what's going on. It, it may be the team leader that goes out there or a staff member that can go out and figure out what's going on. And we're going to correct it um, or we're going to find another solution for it. Um, these things happen even with paid contractors um, from time to time. So we, we are going to make sure it works. And before when you were talking Patty, about these health and safety priorities. Are those also on your website? They are. Um, I'm trying to think where they are, but there is this fabulous, if you go to news and events, I think it's under there, we have this blog and, and, and you have to go to the second row or page of it. But in there, there's the aggregate data of 
the 25 priorities. And I think also if you go into our FAQ, our facts, um, there's also a link to those 25 priorities okay. as well. Because those are just so important and I think people would be interested. The other thing I wanted to make sure that we covered uh, before the end of the show is about if individuals are interested in signing up to be volunteers, what's what's the process? What's how might they apply? Are there requirements? Give us an overview of what's involved in becoming a volunteer. Sure. So uh, we take people of any skill sets. Um, so what people have to do is to go to our website and it will say volunteer. Now this is for individuals to begin with. Um, and then they complete a individual, um, form for, uh, volunteering. And what will happen is it's going to say, what are your skill sets? Are you novice? Are you semi-skilled? Are you skilled? Um, what interests you? What days of the week do you want to volunteer? Um, how often would you consider volunteering? They complete that. And then we're going to send them back an email. And right now what we're having people do is to take a little safety training on COVID. It's on our website. And, um, and then they have to fill out some documents. They upload those documents to us. And then what we do is... Every couple of weeks, we send out these emails and the emails will say, hey, we are looking for five people with these skill sets. We're going to work in Arlington on the home of an 80 year old. Um, let us know if you're interested and this is the day we're going to work. We don't disclose who it is. We just give general descriptions or next Friday, we're going to work on a group home um, and we need people with these skill sets. Let us know if you can um, work. People can ignore us forever <laughs> or they can say, hey, I'm really interested in this one, but they don't volunteer again for another six months. Or we have volunteers that work with us every week and they can respond to us on a routine basis and say, hey, I really want to work as much as possible. So for groups, what they do is they reach out to us, let us know that they're interested in volunteering, and then uh, we work with them. They are sponsorships. So for groups um, that are from faith-based groups, corporations, businesses, um, there is a fee that goes with it. Um, and then there's a bunch of training and a process, but um, they just need to reach out to us at either 703-528-1999 or go to our website and there's a link to um, send us a message. And when you say group, so it could be any kind of organization where there's more than one, a bunch of employees, a law firm, or as you said, a faith-based group, or and they can kind of sign up as a group as opposed to just an individual volunteer. Am I understanding that correctly? Absolutely. Okay. Um, I was also curious about, I saw on your website that there are skilled trade opportunities. What, what does that mean and, and who would qualify for that? So there are a lot of people out there that maybe their, their trade is a plumber or electrician, uh, a roofer. They can um, volunteer with us as an individual and, and donate their time 
or their company can donate th their time and services with us. So a couple weeks ago, we had a roofing company completely redo a roof uh, for an 80-year-old woman whose roof was leaking. Uh, they donated their services. They donated their materials. Um, so there are different ways that uh, skilled trade people can work with us. And I just would be interested, and I'm sure our listeners would like to know, maybe describe some community projects that Rebuilding Together has been involved in. What was the nature of the work? Kind of give some examples so people get a sense of some of the things that you've been doing over the many months or years, and maybe even right now, although COVID is going away, hopefully, but what kinds of projects have you been involved with? So we've done a variety of things. We've gone and worked on parks. Um, we've worked with another nonprofit that does outside school settings at, at schools uh, where we remove invasive plants. We build um, uh, raised bed gardens. Uh, we build little outdoor um, classrooms with boards and seats and stuff like that. Uh, we've done community gardens where we uh, build, um, help build the raised beds or helped clean out the area. We've also um, done projects where we work with the USO. We love our veterans. We want to give back. And with those, we go in and we paint or we clean or uh, different, a variety of things to, to help them maintain the USOs. What I'm hearing then is, is that it's not, rebuilding together is more than repairing or modifying or upgrading homes that you're out in the environment as well. Right. So we, we give back to the community. Um, probably 10% of our projects are either doing community projects, such as I described, or working with other nonprofits. And other nonprofits may have housing um, that is occupied by people with uh, physical disabilities, intellectual developmental disabilities, people in transitional housing. I feel it's really important um, to be a good community partner and to work with our community to enhance all sorts of areas as well. So about 10% of what we do is that. Thank you for bringing up the nonprofit organizations because that was one of the things that I was um, also interested, and in, as you said, 10%. And does that then require yet a different kind of volunteer with other kinds of skills and abilities to, to do like gardening or uh, outside activities? You must have quite a cadre of volunteers, I would suspect. We have an amazing group of volunteers. In a non-COVID year, we work with between 900 and 1,200 volunteers with all sorts of skill sets. So again, with any of the projects we do, people tell us what their team looks like, or we create a team of our individual volunteers. And so we describe the project, what is needed, and we look at their skill sets and do our best to match it up. You know, we can't create the houses and we can't create what the groups look like, but we kind of try to piece it together and somehow it works out. 
it, it takes a lot of effort and time and energy to do it, but we really want a good outcome. And I would be interested to hear, Patty, if there are any difficulties or um, issues that you'd want listeners to know about rebuilding together, or what more would you like to uh, have them understand so that they would be getting in touch with you? I mean, you this is a chance for you to talk about your organization, and what is it that you want most for people to know about your organization? You know what? It, it creates such an impact in the community. When you come and you work on a project, you leave that day, you feel amazing because you can see what changes you've made. And not only are you making changes to a physical structure, but you're connecting with somebody who may be isolated. Um, I'll give you a quick example. One year, um, uh, we were working on a house and the next door neighbor came over and said, what are you doing? And I told her, I said, you know, we're doing repairs. There's no cost to it and stuff. And she's like, okay. And I said, hey, do, you know, if, here's my card. If you ever need help, call me. And she called me a year later and she said, you probably won't remember me. And I'm like, I know who you are. And she said, um, you know what? I'm not, I'm not a big fan of a lot of people. Um, I just need the outside of my house painted and a couple of grab bars put in. I'm like, okay. So it worked out beautifully. We brought a team in. They worked on her house. What a, a transformation the outside of her house did. So it made the curb appeal look better. She felt better about the house and we did some safety uh, modifications. I went to her house to take a picture of the after. And she said, you need to come in and knock on the door. Let me know you're here. I'm like, okay. She pulled me into her house and she said, Patty, that was the best day of my life. I like people again and I felt connected to my community. So just think about that impact. That's huge, right? Um, so we're looking for people who need assistance. We're looking for people of all ages to work on the projects um, and you know what? We're always looking for cash because <laughs> we need to get this going and make sure we deliver as many services as possible. All right. Well, just tell folks one more time, what's your website address? Sure. It's rebuildingtogether-aff.org. Okay. Well, I want to thank Patty Klein, Executive Director with Rebuilding Together, and by the way, if you want to learn about Aging Matters, you can visit our website, which is agingmattersonline.com. And when you go there, you can learn about all the Aging Matters radio and TV shows that we've produced, and also the Aging Matters podcast, including this program, which will be uh, uploaded onto Apple and onto Spotify podcasts. So be sure and check that out. And you can subscribe to the Aging Matters monthly email newsletter, and that way you can receive updates about all new radio shows and TV episodes. I want to thank Ink Mouth Media, which helps to produce this show, and if you want to learn more about that organization, you can log on to inkmouthmedia.com. Thank you for listening to Aging Matters today, and remember, age is just a number, not a label. I'll be back again with you next week.
Aging Matters on WERA is brought to you in part by Synergy Home Care. Synergy Home Care provides premier in-home care for you or your loved one throughout Northern Virginia, including personal care, homemaker services, companion and memory care, and transportation. Call 703-558-3435 or visit SynergyHomeCare.com for more information. Synergy Home Care will find a care solution to meet your needs.